This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. My name is Maggie Loney. I'm joined, as always, by the exceptionally talented Perry Goldstein and... I don't know, Perry, is something going on on Sunday? Because I feel like the season ended a couple weeks ago and I just, you know, is there, like, am I missing some news? Oh, yeah, I guess there's a game on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I think my season ended a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. Um, La-di-da, the Chiefs are playing the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers getting a home game for the Super Bowl because, of course, um, yeah, wish the Packers were playing. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. We are bitter and done. All right. But before we dive into the actual episode, do you, I mean, who do you think is going to win? Because I personally, I feel like it's the Chiefs, but. I think it's the Chiefs too. I think uh, if there's a defense that could maybe run with the Chiefs offense, it's it's the Bucks defense. But I, I haven't seen anybody really stop Patrick Mahomes yet. And so until I do, I'm always going to take them. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And, you know, maybe Super Bowl 56 will be the Packers and the Chiefs. But that's a conversation for another day. So today we thought, you know, since we're right into the beginning of the offseason here, we've got free agency coming in about a month, got the draft in a couple months. Uh, we'd look at some position needy uh, groups on offense. And then next week we'll talk about the defense. So we kind of talked about this pre-show. The three, I think, big ones for the offense are offensive line, um, running back and tight end. So maybe let's do offensive line first. So I think probably to me, at least the most interesting part of this offense right now is the offensive line. You've got David Bakhtiari, who has obviously the ACL injury, wouldn't put anything past him, you know, as far as starting the season. Brian Gutekun said as much like, look, if anybody can start and be ready for the opener, it's David. But if that's not the case, you have Billy Turner, who still has two years on his contract, and you have Rick Wagner, who still has one year on his contract. And, you know, I don't know what the cap situation is going to look like for mm-hmm. the tackles, but as far as depth is concerned, the only other tackle on the active roster right now is Yash Nijman. So if David Bakhtiari can't start and you move on from either Billy or Rick, yeah, you're really kind of weak at one of those spots. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I feel like in terms of options here for cap space, like Rick Wagner feels like a cap casualty that the Packers could, could go for, you know, he, I think he was 
average, solid this season. Didn't bring like a whole lot to the table, but was a nice depth guy. Um, maybe they could potentially keep Jared Valdir on, even though he didn't play. Um, you know, maybe one of the draft picks makes makes some kind of development in the off season and can step in there. But I completely agree with you. I think it's it's David and then it's Billy Turner. And then it's a big question mark. And again, you could probably go out and try to find an offensive lineman in the draft this season, which I fully expect the Packers to do, or maybe somebody in free agency. But I don't know if bringing anyone in free agency makes sense for the Packers. Like I'd rather keep Rick Wagner at that point. So it is a big question mark. And I think putting all your eggs in the basket of David Bakhtiari being ready for week one is a little risky. Yeah. And the thing that I I know we'll talk about tight ends separately, but there was a part of me that felt like if there was any like extra emphasis or any extra reason to keep Mercedes Lewis and bring him back on another one year is because you need help yeah. off the edge. Like if you're putting out a rookie left tackle or somebody to start the season, you want, you know, some extra help on the edge there, but we'll, we'll get there. Tight end's going to be just as interesting. No, I com- I actually completely agree with that. And I was going to make that argument <laughs> also because yeah, I mean, who else is like a hybrid offensive lineman tight end? Nobody blocks like big dog. So no, I agree. So I know like tight end is sketchy. Tight end is very or tight end. Offensive tackle is a question mark, but I feel like the interior is even more so, which I guess, you know, just means that we have no clue who's starting anywhere because <laughs> before the show, we talked about Elton Jenkins, maybe being the only solidified spot, but he might be the center in 2021. So he might not actually have a solidified spot. I know. And look, the Packers could move forward with just rotating guys in their front five. Like Matt LaFleur is always saying, you know, we're just going to put our best five guys out there. And if that means that players have multiple positions, Hey, Maybe the Packers are doing something new on the offensive line <laughs> that no one's ever done before. Um, I mean, if our one solidified guy is Elton Jenkins, then that's a nice place to start. Um, nobody played as many positions as well as he did this past season, and he's turning into just an absolute like blue chip all star player. Um, I know that you and I are both in the camp of you know let's hope to bring Corey Lindsley back. You know that's the best best graded center in the league, like that full stop there. So um, it's just a matter again of money. Is he going to get more elsewhere? If we lose him, is it Lucas Patrick? Is Lucas Patrick another cap casualty this season? These are all kind of questions that I'm wondering. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest, if John Runyon Jr. was more of a starter next season. He played really well in the limited time that they gave him. Um, I know that they're kind of thinking that he's going to be in that guard spot, but you know, if he has to slide around, maybe they'll test him out over the off season. If they get more of a full kind of off season program where they can, you know, see where he fits best, but definitely don't want to forget about him. I know they drafted Jake Hansen, who's technically a center, but he was on IR all season. So there's more options at the interior positions than there are for sure for the tackles. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting too, because you have potentially Elton Jenkins, at left guard, Lucas Patrick played center. He could potentially slide over. And then you have John Runyon Jr. Maybe at right guard, right. or you could put Elton Jenkins at center, keep Lucas Patrick at right guard, put John Runyon Jr. at left guard. And then there is one more person I do want to ask you about. And okay. we didn't talk about this, but I just think it's really interesting. Lane Taylor is a free agent and obviously he won the right guard spot 
and then in week one mm-hmm. was lost for the season. So it kind of feels like if the Packers wanted him, they could get him on a really minimum contract, especially if he wants to keep playing, you know, and he might he might get more money elsewhere. But if they needed him as like a stopgap for one year, we've even seen him play tackle. And I don't know if that's, you know, the best route for him. But if we're talking about players that can play everywhere, you'd have Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner and Lane Taylor as three guys who can line up just about everywhere. Wow, I'm so sorry to Lane Taylor, and I completely forgot <laughs> about him. The poor guy has had some serious injury um, unluckiness. Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on there. If the Packers wanted to bring him back, I don't see any reason why they couldn't at probably a minimum contract and wouldn't really do much as a cap hit. That feels like his best bet, honestly, to play. You know, who's going to pick up a player that's been hurt the past two seasons other than the team who knows and trusts the kind of player that he is? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I mean, I think he could almost look at it as a prove it year for himself where it's, it's mutually beneficial to both parties where the Packers need some help and he wants to go out there and play really well and potentially get a mega contract somewhere else in the coming years. But I know you and I have discussed this and Corey Lindsley absolutely would be our priority resign. It's yeah. really hard when you have a, a all pro for the first time to then kind of let him leave in free agency. But Let's shift now to running back because we did also hear that Brian Gutekunst, of course, wants to bring Aaron Jones back, even though his market might end up placing him out of Green Bay if he wants Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara money. And he rightfully deserves a contract like that, but it kind of depends, I guess, where he wants to be playing and what kind of contract he's looking for, if the Packers can even consider that. Yeah, the running back room is so interesting because there's a bunch of different pathways here, and I think that there's a bunch of different cases to be made for each of them. So a likely scenario is that, you know, both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are free agents. Aaron Jones gets more money elsewhere. He leaves potentially Jamal Williams decides he wants to go elsewhere. I don't really think that's realistic, but, and then you're just left with AJ Dillon and AJ Dillon becomes RB one. And maybe you pick up someone less expensive in free agency, or you draft another running back. Um, You know, the Packers have had success i.e. Aaron Jones in the later rounds with running backs. Um, maybe someone from the practice squad is is someone that they like. Not sure. So that could be something where it's literally just all of a sudden A.J. Dillon is, is your top back. Um, like I mentioned, I, I think it's more likely that they bring back Jamal Williams. You know, he's he's a guy that I think would take a little bit more of a friendly deal to stay where he is. He likes the team. The team likes him. He has been a feature of the offense. Matt LaFleur's used him a lot. Um, I could see it maybe being like a 5 million a year kind of situation, depending on, again, other free agents the Packers want to bring back. The biggest question mark is Aaron Jones. And you said it, Brian Gutenkunz has talked about Aaron Jones. They want to bring back Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones himself has said he'd love to be a Packer for life, but he now has a new agent who is notorious for wanting to get the most money out of his players. Running backs have a short shelf life. Aaron Jones knows this. Aaron Jones has a family, right? He just became a dad. He wants to be able to take care of his family for the rest of his life. And so if he's looking at a 15 million a year plus kind of contract, there's just absolutely no way that the Packers are going to pay that. Um, I would be surprised if they went above like 11 million a year. And, And I don't mean that because I don't think Aaron Jones isn't worth more money because of course he is. He's one of the best backs in the league. I just think given a, 
the value of running backs and B, how much money the Packers even have. And we don't even know what the cap space is going to look like yet. I just can't see them shelling out that amount of money. And if it means not being able to make moves in free agency, if they wanted to, if it means not being able to resign Corey Lindsley, like these are all decisions that they have to come down to. And so I feel like Aaron Jones walks and I hope I, I mean, look, if that happens, that happens. I think we, you know, we saw a tweet today, actually, that was, you know, he's getting interest from the Dolphins, from the Niners, from the Steelers, from the Bears. Like, he's going to have a, a large market that will pay him, um, and I think likely will pay him more money than the Packers will. So the running back room, it's a question mark. <laughs> Yeah, that's putting it mildly that it's like it it really is probably one of the most up in the air positions on the team. And obviously we've seen and it's it's really tough because obviously like even in the NFC championship game when Aaron Jones left with his injury and in other you know spots this season, we've seen Jamal Williams have hundred yard games like he's good in the passing game. I think he had the best hands on the team as I mean, I know he's not a receiver, but he had like an 88.6 catch percentage or something just astronomical. So he can be running back one for a team. He and AJ Dillon make a lot of sense, but there's just a dynamic that Aaron Jones brings to an offense that neither of those backs have. And it's not any type of disrespect to Jamal or AJ. It's just a different game. And right. I think one thing that we haven't necessarily thought about or talked about a ton yet, because it's hard, like we said, to invest a ton of money in running backs. If you're talking about like $15 million for Aaron Jones, knowing what Matt LaFleur's offense looks like, you have AJ Dillon on a really cheap contract. What do you think about something like Jamal Williams and James White? Like we know that this running back market, the free agent market is really interesting. And if Matt LaFleur can find another kind of shifty back that might potentially fit his scheme rather than turn to, the draft like they did with Dexter Williams who hasn't really had any opportunities yet. Like maybe they invest 8 million and they get two running backs for the price of half of an Aaron Jones. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's a really, it's possible. It's very possible. It just all depends. Like there's just just so many factors to it. I think they would probably have to figure out what a contract with Jamal would look like first uh, because then you know, okay, at least we have two pieces solidified. You know, where do we ha- what what's the skill set we need to fill in? Like where where are the holes now in our room based off, like you said, what Matt LaFleur wants to do with his offense and what both of those backs bring to the table. Honestly, if the Packers started the season next year and their two backs were Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon, and we just got to see more of what AJ Dillon has to offer, I'd be happy with that. I, I wouldn't have any issues with that. Um, I think a guy like James White would be really fun. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's actually someone I always pick up in later rounds in my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> so he's just a little bit of a boomer bust kind of guy in games. Like sometimes he really gets going and sometimes he just absolutely cannot. Um, but I think given what Matt LaFleur has said and the, some of the things that we saw later in the season, I think the Packers want to have three backs that they use like regularly. Yeah. Um, they like the rotation. And when we saw it against the Rams, it looked good. So like you said, whether it's the draft or picking up someone cheap in free agency, I, I think that the Packers should and will have Three, there's also another person who's going to come off IR who we haven't mentioned yet, which is Tyler Irvin. And Tyler Irvin was in there, you know, doing the things that we know that he can do with jet sweeps and rounds. Obviously, he's our, we miss him in pun kick returns. Um, But 
if, you know, if they can get Tyler Irvin back and he certainly would be very cheap, then that potentially also could be the three rotation. And he is certainly more of that shifty dynamic hybrid guy that Aaron Jones is um, obviously not, I think nearly as talented, but could fill some of those holes. So there's some options within the roster already. uh, But the, the cornerstone piece here that all of it is centering around is whether Aaron Jones comes back to the Green Bay Packers or not. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned Tyler Urban because if you didn't, I was going to bring that up. Like I know he's a free agent, but he's not going to warrant a ton of money. And he is like the key piece for a Matt LaFleur offense. Like he just is a gadget player that can line up just about anywhere. We've seen him on a ton of jet motion and around and he serves two purposes, right? Like he could be running back three where he comes in motion occasionally for your offense. And then he just ensures that Maurice Strayton has a job for the next couple of years as a reliable returner. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think that's actually a really intriguing and probably a really likely trio in the backfield is AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams and Tyler Urban. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that it may be disappointing to some Packers fans. I think I certainly would be disappointed to not have Aaron Jones on the green Bay Packers from not just from like a, a skill set perspective, but he's just such a quintessential, what you would deem like the perfect Packer player, right? Just all around wonderful human being. But if he went and got the bag somewhere else, I think I'd root for him no matter what. And I'd be very, very happy with that three rotation. Yeah, we are team uh, send Aaron Jones to the AFC if he does happen <laughs> to leave Green Bay. I don't want to see uh, touchdown squares branded in orange and AV, but you know, I think well, Miami makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that fit for him, but I prefer his fit in green and gold. So before we you know wrap up, we said we were going to try and do shorter episodes in the off season, um, just keep them light. There's not a there's not a ton to talk about, so we got to spread it out, but. We got to talk about the tight ends, which we kind of did a little bit with Big Dog, but obviously Robert Tunyon is a restricted free agent, so he likely will come back. Um, at least I think he will. I, I have a hard time thinking the Packers get rid of somebody who put up 11 touchdowns and has been such a red zone piece for the offense all season. But then you've got your two third round tight ends. You've got Jay Sternberger, Josiah DeGuara. Dominique Daphne has looked really good. It kind of becomes a crowded room when you think about the fact that the Packers could potentially have five tight ends to, to look at. And then you've got, I mean, John Lovett was on injured reserve to end the season. I don't know if he comes back in any capacity, but especially knowing Matt LaFleur and the way that he kind of has that H back fullback hybrid with his tight ends. There's a lot of pieces there. Yeah. It's a really interesting position group. And I think, you know, we're purposely skipping over quarterbacks and wide receivers because that you, the two, those two, you could, you could spend an entire, an, an entire episode on. And also they're just less, they're just less question marky. That was a dumb <laughs> thing to say. They're, they're, they're less up in the air, if you will, than these, because tight ends, I think low key are, you know, I think Big Dog gets a lot of love from Packers fans, but just from an actual schematic point of view, like he's really, really, really important. Nobody blocks like him. You listen to Aaron Jones and he says like, without our interior line and Big Dog, like my runs would not look like my runs. Like he is such a key piece to this offense. And the offense changed a lot when Matt Fleur came in and decided to use him on a lot of snaps. So I think there's, you know, Whether he wants to keep playing is also a question. You know, he's the same age as Aaron Rodgers. He could just want to retire, but the Packers could very easily bring him back on like a pretty cheap one-year deal. 
Um, I am in that camp where I would love if the Packers brought him back for another one year deal, just like one more shot to get that ring for big dog. Um, but that's as if he feels good in his body, et cetera. Uh, the rest, I, I mean, I fully expect, like you said, for them to bring back, I, you know, they'll have to tender big Bob Tunyon and they'll have to figure out whether they want to give him a first round, second round tender, you know, what that payment looks like. And again, it's just like all, whether it's going to hit the cap or not, but uh, there are two players that are in the free agent camp this off season that I feel a hundred percent confident the Packers are going to bring back. And that's Robert Tunyon and Alan Lazard. Nope. So I, I fully expect T- Tunyon to be back. This is a little bit of a side note, but I, I saw on Twitter today uh, that Tunyon's first catch slash first touchdown in the NFL. And it was that like unreal you know, scramble rainbow from Rogers against the Seahawks a couple of seasons ago. And, and I remember at the time, like thinking, Oh my God, that was such a classic vintage Aaron Rodgers moment, but that was such a, Oh, they have a little connection going there that Mm -hmm. we didn't realize like it goes back. So I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, what's going to happen with Jay Sternberger? Like he hasn't contributed a ton, you know, obviously coming off an ACL tear for, for Josiah DeGuerra is a big deal, but again, he's a rookie and so he'll be cheap. And I, I fully and hope that he has a full recovery. So there's definitely pieces there, but I think if you at least keep Robert Tunyon in there, the continuity and your focal point of your like pass catching tight end is still going to be there in the next season. Yeah, and Josiah DeGuar is tough because I'm I think he got injured what like week two, week three. So it was really early in the season. But against the Vikings in week one, he had, you know, that really nice block. He went in like a wheel route that he almost connected on that would have been a catch if it wasn't Eric Kendricks in coverage, like any other linebacker that probably would have worked. So there's a lot of like little glimpses at what Matt LaFleur kind of wanted to do with him that I think we'll see a lot more of next season. Like you said, when he makes a recovery and comes back. Jay Sternberger to me is really tricky. And I think the Packers, of course, will keep him and continue to develop him. But the fact that he was kind of a healthy scratch to end the season and we saw Dominique Daphne take his his place and even score a touchdown in week 17, that's really interesting. And especially when you think about, you know, Packers really only carried three running backs for a lot of the season. And then they had the injuries to tight end, but they don't historically keep five tight ends. So there's going to be an odd man out there, whether it's big dog, maybe deciding to retire not coming back because it feels like Tunyon is of course a lock. And it seems really hard to think that the Packers would move on from a guy like Jay Sternberger in year three, even though maybe he hasn't taken the leap that they want him to. So it really does feel like there's going to be an odd man out there. Do you think that the Packers would maybe use Jace as like trade bait? I don't know. That's a good question. Like I, I kind of wonder, this is going off on a tangent now, but we've talked about the the Packers don't historically cut players before their contracts are up. Jimmy Graham was kind of an anomaly, but we've talked on the show before about guys like Preston Smith or where it just seems like when the Packers give someone a big contract and I know Jace doesn't have a big contract, but Josh Jackson is another player maybe that makes sense. And I think we'll talk about that next week with the defense. I'm actually really curious to see if a new defensive coordinator will use kind of different pieces more than Mike Patton maybe did. Yeah, no, it just, and he's, I mean, Jace is still on his rookie deal. So it, it yeah. doesn't make sense from like a financial perspective at all to get rid of a guy like that. Um, like me, and he hasn't really proven anything either. So I don't even know what kind of capital he would garner from another team. It's just interesting to me that 
you know, I feel like there was so much hype and so much potential that we just have, hasn't necessarily culminated onto on field production yet. Um, and like you said, like, yes, the Packers use a lot of two tight end sets and things of that nature, but they're not going to keep five tight ends on the roster. Maybe one fullback, you know, we'll see what happens between John Lovett and, uh, Dominique Daphne, but it's, uh, it just feels like he, Jay Sternberger, is sort of losing his place in this roster. Well, yeah, and they've also got a couple tight ends still on the practice squad. And, you know, the Packers fill out their practice squad with guys that they want to see more of in camp. And that obviously didn't work out for James Looney. I really wanted to see what he looked like as a tight end, but, you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. So there are different players that they've got. I'd be, I think tight end is one of the positions that I would be absolutely shocked if they drafted just because it feels like they already have so much depth there. But it, I think it will be a competition between at least like the top five or six guys for maybe yeah, a hundred percent. And again, like if they bring big dog back for that one year deal, that's even more competition. Cause you know that Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tunyon are locks on that roster. And again, when you're going to use like a two tight end set, there you go. That that's it. And everyone else is just depth. Um, it's yeah. I feel like it's a sneaky position that that not a lot of people are talking about. Where there could be like a lot of changes in that in that position room um, this off season, especially the way Matt Lafleur kind of likes to run his offense. And I guess we're not talking about wide receivers, but depends on what happens <laughs> with the wide receivers. Well, and that's the thing. Like we can do it really quickly, and just obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starter in 2021. Like let's not get it twisted. Quarterback is solidified. Whatever happens, he's your starter. Wide receiver, you still have MVS under contract. Devontae Adams, obviously. Whether it's Brown as well. Right. And, you know, we think Alan Lazard fully will be back. So you have four receivers there. Whatever happens with Devin Funches, he's under contract for the Packers technically. So if they wanted to cut him, they could do that. But they do have four wide receivers on the roster, whatever else happens in the draft or, you know, signing anybody else. So, yeah, 100 yeah. percent. I actually think on the Devin Funches note, I wouldn't be surprised if they just like brought him to camp and was like, mm -hmm. let's see what you got, buddy. You know, let's see how you fit. We never got the chance. So let's see what happens. I think, again, like a big thing here, too, is and unfortunately, you know, we are not out of the woods in this pandemic. Like we yeah. still don't know what this offseason is going to look like. You know, we can hope and pray that by, you know, July when they would be reporting to camp that everything is normal, but we don't know what any kind of mini camp, OTA, rookie week, anything like that is going to look like. And so that also completely impacts like the development of all of these players and the ability for the Packers to bring in certain free agents for, you know, for meetings, for interviews, for tryouts, if you will, anything like that. So I think the off-season program just as a whole from like an NFL perspective is also going to impact the decisions they make for these position groups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, I don't know, it's going to be really interesting when we talk next week to kind of see, I guess, I guess this is a question. Do you feel better about the state of the offense right now or the defense? Like, where do you think that there's more missing pieces? I definitely feel better about the state of the offense Same. because the cornerstone, <laughs> the cornerstone key pieces are still there. Oh, it's right. all like kind of the ancillary pieces that the Packers will have to figure out, but you have your starting quarterback. You, like you said, you have your starting wide receivers given that they bring Alan Lazard back, which I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, you have your, hopefully again, starting tight end in Bob 
offensive line, like all the key pieces are there. Um, there's just some fillers left. I think we might potentially be losing or need to fill in some very key starters on the defensive side, which yeah. we'll talk about next week. Yeah, that, that was a good teaser. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the defense is, especially as far as depth, like I feel a lot better looking holistically at the roster saying, okay, if somebody goes down on offense, there's a filler. I don't really feel that way about the defense. But like you said, you'll just have to listen to Pax, what she said next week uh, to mm-hmm. hear what we think about that. So Perry, if anybody listening wants to follow you on social media, if they don't already, how can they do that? You can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein, P-E-R-R-I. Follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter, Pax What She Said Podcast on Instagram. And Maggie, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Like Perry said, please follow the podcast on Twitter. Uh, we are also obviously selling merch. So if you want to get yourself a Pax What She Said hoodie, it was like negative two degrees today in Wisconsin. So I know that it is sweater weather. Um, you can do that. You can check out the Teespring link that is on our podcast Twitter. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. is